Can Jesus actually mean what he says? These are hard things. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Offer the other cheek. These words from Jesus go against our grain. Did Jesus intend to be taken literally? Or was he speaking in hyperbole to get effect? Now there are those who understand these words literally as a basis for total pacifism. And I traveled that road a bit in my earlier spiritual journey, but I do not think Jesus is negating the use of force for social order in the world at large. The church does not teach unqualified pacifism. There's an argument that Jesus is using figurative language here, but if Jesus was using figurative language, we still need to know what he meant. And surely he meant something And it's not easy. One problem if we try to take Jesus figuratively is that we don't take him seriously at all. Jesus is addressing his disciples here. And he is at least speaking to the way his followers should respond in personal relationships. How do we handle it when others do bad things to us? Jesus' answer can be summed up in one word, love. Now, we use this word love in a multitude of ways. And no, we do not love our enemies with the same kind of love that we give our nearest and dearest family and friends, but we can choose to seek any person's good. And in this context, the admonition to love our enemy is in contrast to a desire for personal retaliation. We inherently want to get back at those who harm or even threaten us. This was Abishai's counsel to David, to get Saul while he could. Let me nail him to the ground, I can do it in one stroke. God has always been concerned about retaliation among his people. In the Old Testament, God gave laws limiting retaliation. When he told Israel an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, it was divine limitation upon vengeance. The kind of vengeance that says, if you break one of my teeth, I'm going to smash all of yours. And as if to emphasize that he expects people committed to his kingdom to respond differently than others, Jesus does this extended contrast with sinners. In this context, that's simply those who are not concerned about what God wants. Jesus says that anyone can love the people who love back. Most will lend if they expect to be repaid. But to love people who hurt you, to give to people who not only are not able to pay back, but may not seem to deserve anything anyway, to forgive without being nasty about it. That shows we really believe what Jesus says. When we choose to respond in love and forgiveness, to give even when it hurts, 
We're saying that nothing in this world is more important than showing Jesus' kind of love. Maybe your neighbor has a cat that's always messing up your flower bed. How you respond to the neighbor is what Jesus is talking about here. Did someone mistreat you maybe five weeks ago or five months or five years and you can't let it go? The big issue here is whether anything in this life is more important to us than seeking to obey and be like Jesus. The desire to retaliate, the desire to withdraw and sulk is part of every one of us. And Jesus knows that, but he's wanting to correct it and to heal our souls. There's a story way back from the gas shortage in the early 70s, and it deserves classic status. It happened in California where the population is dense and the lines were very long. As one man sat waiting and waiting for his turn at the pump, a woman pulled in and cut in in a small space in front of his car. He was angry. He got out of his car and he walked up to the window of the woman and stared. She locked her doors and just smiled at him. So he went back to his car took his locking gas cap off and went up and put it on her car and drove away. (laughs) And we instinctively think she got what she deserved. But what if God gave us what we deserve? We can think it's easy for God to forgive. He's God. We can feel so strongly that whatever injustice has been done to us needs some kind of response. But if we think it's easy for God to forgive, we need to spend time in here and just look up there for a while. And I know this is hard. It scares me to death to stand in front of you and say we should live this way because I'm preaching to me, just letting you listen. And it's easy to think that's not normal. And that's right. But that's what the Christian life is all about. Because anyone can be normal according to the thinking of the popular world. It doesn't take the love of Jesus to hit back. It doesn't take the love of Jesus to hold a grudge. But it takes incredible grace not to. And that's what Christianity is. Being people who understand our need of God's grace and being open to grace ourselves, we want to be channels of grace to others. Because as Christians, our standard is God himself. Our calling is to respond to our enemies the way God responds to his. St. Paul told the Romans, God demonstrates his love in this While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus says this in the gospel. The Most High is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, so be merciful just as your Father is merciful. We cannot lower the standard that Jesus sets and be faithful. 
But what we can do is ask for the grace to live in it. And if we fail and have to come to confession every week, that is still being faithful. So I want to offer a little challenge today. If you're holding a grudge, if you are withholding your forgiveness, I ask you right now to just pray, Lord, help me to let it go. If you've withdrawn from a person because of something he said or did, let it go. If he didn't mean to hurt you, then why let it stand in the way? And if someone did mean to hurt you, leave it with God. Don't let someone else's sin ruin your life. Because as we learn to absorb these personal blows that come our way, we learn more and more what it means to follow Jesus. And when we give ourselves to Jesus, it affects everything we are and everything we do.